1: Okay, Good to see you all this Palm Sunday morning. Hope you're excited about this time of year. The weather has broke. Uh, Spring is here. Although I think I did hear they're calling for some frost this week. So uh, I think there's a little bit of a cool front, but I believe we're done with snow. That's a good thing, right? So uh, awesome. Well, good to see you. I hope you're all excited about being here today. I hope you're really excited about being here next Sunday for our Easter celebration. And uh, I want to encourage you to be here for that and and, uh, bring the whole family, bring neighbors, bring co-workers, invite folks. Uh, Let's pack this place out on Easter Sunday morning Uh, because really, if it weren't for Easter, Christmas is great. Christmas is good. Christmas is the promise. But Easter is the proof. Right. I mean, if it wasn't for Easter, if it wasn't for him coming out of that tomb victoriously that third day, then uh, we are of all men most miserable. We have no hope whatsoever. Uh, But because of Easter Sunday morning, the resurrection of our Lord. uh, Now we have hope. And uh, so that's pretty exciting. So plan on being here next week. Good to see you all here. So I want to draw your attention to Matthew's gospel, chapter 21. You say, why do you have Zechariah nine, nine there? Because that's the prophecy. That was the prophecy of the prophet Zechariah of what was going to be taking place uh, whenever Jesus came into Jerusalem on this triumphal entry into Jerusalem that we know now typically as Palm Sunday. And that is the Sunday that we are celebrating today. So I want to talk a little bit about that and I really want to just dig in a little bit more about this donkey. Okay, you say really? Yeah, I want to go there, and I want to talk a little bit about this donkey at the conclusion of my message today, actually the last half of my message. So let's set, set the stage. In Zechariah chapter 9, in verse number 9, the Bible says, Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Okay, and that's, that's Jerusalem. That's God's people. Rejoice greatly. Shout in triumph, daughter of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious and humble. He's riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, here was the prophecy of of Zechariah to God's people about what actually took place in Matthew's gospel, chapter number 21. Now, that was the prophecy. We see the fulfillment of that prophecy in Matthew's gospel. Actually, we see it in all of the gospels. But in Matthew's gospel, 21 is where I want us to look now. So look in your scriptures, if you will. Matthew's gospel, chapter 21, it says, when they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethage, at the Mount of Olive, Jesus sent two disciples telling them, go into the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there and a coat with her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you should say that the Lord needs them and immediately he will send them. Verse four. This took place. So that what was spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Tell daughter Zion, look, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of a burden. And the disciples in verse number six, I want you to look what they did. It says in verse six, the disciples went and did just as Jesus directed them. Now, there's a lesson right there. There's an entire sermon that could be preached about that. Just simply titled obedience. Guys, you realize the scripture says that our obedience is better than our sacrifice. God wants us to be obedient to him in every area of our life. And here the disciples were. Now, that was probably an untelling thing that Jesus told them to do. going into this town and there you're going to find these, this donkey tied up. And I want you to get it and bring it to me. And by the way, if anyone says anything, tell them that I sent you. Okay. Can't you imagine those orders that day? What if I told you, get up right now and I want you to go to Lebanon and downtown Lebanon on Main Street, the historic Main Street of Lebanon, you'll find a donkey, get it and bring it to me. You may think, dude, you're crazy, (laughs) right? I mean, think about what may have ran through the minds of these disciples that day. But the Bible says that they went and did just exactly what Jesus had directed them to do. And then in verse 7, they brought the donkey and the colt and then they laid their clothes on them and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their robes on the road and others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them on the road. And then the crowds who went ahead of him and those who kept or those who followed kept shouting Hosanna to the son of David. He who comes in the name of the Lord is the blessed one Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken saying, who is this? I mean, what an entry. If you can think about it. What an entry Jesus made in Jerusalem that day. The whole city, the whole town was saying, who is this? And the crowds kept saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Let's pray together and then I want to expound on this a little bit. Father, we thank you so much for your love for us and thank you for the wonderful plan that you have for all of our lives Thank you for the wonderful plan of redemption and salvation that was put in place well before the foundations of the world were ever laid. None of this caught you off guard. It's all part of your divine plan. And Father, we thank you that you think enough of us that before we were ever born, you made a way for us to come unto you. Thank you, Lord, for this triumphal entry. Thank you that the king was coming to town. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we ask you to visit our hearts today. Speak to us. Speak through me. Help us to honor and glorify you in everything we say and do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a great passage of scripture. This is Palm Sunday. It's the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Now what you'll find, you'll find this particular story... ...repeated in all four of the Gospels. You'll find it in Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. You'll find it in Mark's Gospel chapter 11, Luke's Gospel chapter 19, John's Gospel chapter 12. All four of the Gospel writers realize the significance of this day. When Jesus was riding into Jerusalem on this triumphal Sunday that we typically call now Palm Sunday... So I want to unpack this just a little bit and lean into this passage of Scripture, Matthew 21, for a moment. So let me just lay some groundwork. Let me give you a little bit of a background of the story that's taking place here today, okay? There's three things I want you to see, and then we're going to focus on the donkey. Everybody say the donkey. I've got another real catchy title for this message, but I can't share it with you, so... uh... Um, it, it's, it's way too catchy and, uh, but it's a pretty cool little illustration. So if you want to know it, talk to me one-on-one and I may, I don't know, I probably shouldn't tell you what that title is, but anyhow, it's something about a donkey, right? It's kind of cool, but I can't tell you right now. Let's look at this. Three things I want you to see in this story. Number one, I want you to see the savior. This is Jesus. This is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. This is the son of God. This is God incarnate. This is God in the flesh. This is, do you get the picture? This is Jesus coming into Jerusalem. He is the savior of the world. This is the Messiah. This is the anointed one. This is the promised one. This is the celebration Sunday for all of Jerusalem. Their king was coming into their city now, typically, and understand, most of them thought that he was literally coming that day to set up his rule and reign in Jerusalem. And that's why they had this big triumphant entry of Jesus that day, because they really thought he was coming that day to actually sit on the throne of David in Jerusalem. But of course, he had another plan, he knew that he was coming to die for the sins of the entire world. But there was, a, there was a huge party, a huge celebration this day. They were taking off clothing. They were laying it down on the road where Jesus was going to pass by on the donkey. They were cutting branches off the trees, the Scripture tells us. And they were waving them at Him. And then they were laying them down so He could walk on and ride in on those branches as they were paving the way for the King that was coming. This is the Messiah. As I got to thinking about that, I got to thinking about Jesus' first entry, and then I got to thinking about his re-entry. Guys, Jesus came the first time, but newsflash, he's coming again, right? The first time he came into Jerusalem, he came in riding on a colt. The next time he comes in Jerusalem, he's coming riding on a great white horse, amen? The first time, he came along. The second time he comes into Jerusalem, he's coming with all the saints and with all the angels, right? Right? The first time he came in, he wore this crown of thorns while he was there. The next time he comes for his re-entry into Jerusalem, he's going to be wearing the crown of crowns. The first time he came into Jerusalem, he came in as king of the Jews. The second time he comes into Jerusalem, he's coming in as king of kings. The first time he came into Jerusalem, he had no money to pay his taxes. The next time he comes into Jerusalem, honey, he's going to own it all. Amen. I mean, Jesus came in the first time. But he's coming again, right? The first time he came into Jerusalem... He was mocked. He was jeered. He was ridiculed. He was slapped. But the next time he comes in, he's coming in with fear and trembling to all of those that watch his entry the second time into Jerusalem. The first time he came in as man. Yes, he was the son of God. He was God incarnate in the flesh. He was 100% God and 100% man. But the next time he comes, he's coming as God with full authority to execute his will on this world in that day. Hello? The first time he came, he came meek and he came lowly. The next time he enters into Jerusalem, he's coming with power and he's coming with glory. The first time he came into Jerusalem, he had nails in his hands. The next time he comes into Jerusalem, he's coming with a rod of iron. The first time he came into Jerusalem, he was judged in Pilate's hall. The next time he comes into Jerusalem, he will be the judge. Hello? The first time he came into Jerusalem, he came in as a lamb. The next time he comes into Jerusalem, he's coming in as a lion. Amen. This is our Jesus. This is the Savior. I could park there and go on and on and on, but I must go. I need to get to this donkey. Hello? The second thing I want you to see is not only the Savior, I want you to see the servants. Now, there's two groups of people that are identified in Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 21. The first group of of individuals that are identified are the disciples. The second group is the crowd. The first group, the disciples, I want to park there briefly. And I already kind of unpacked a little bit about them that I wanted you to see. They were obedient, faithful followers of Christ. They were people that whatever the master said, they went and did. He said, go into that city that's before you, find the colt there. When you find that colt, bring it to me. If anybody questions you, tell them I sent you. Now, what an order that was. But I want you to see how obedient they were. The Bible says and records for us that they went, they departed, and did exactly what Jesus told them to do. Guys, that's how we need to live our lives. Hello? We need to live our lives in a way that we are listening to to the commands of our Lord and the direction that he's leading our lives. And we need to just simply be obedient and follow him and do what he says. I promise you, if we do that, things will work out for us in the end. Probably a lot better. Probably not probably a whole lot better than what we would want to do. And could even lead ourselves? So we have the disciples here, these faithful individuals that proudly escorted their king in that day that were faithful and obedient to him. But I also want you to see the crowd. The Bible mentions the crowd there on that Palm Sunday, the crowd of people that were possibly distant followers of the Lord. These were these were individuals that were what we may call fair weather followers. You know, as long as everything was good, the crowd came out. But when the ridicule started, maybe they kind of disappeared. Guys, you realize there are those fair weather followers in the crowd even today. Now, are they saved? I'm talking about in the church today, and and I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about Victory Church. I'm talking about in the body of Christ as believers. Are they saved? Yeah, they're saved. But they're kind of following from a distance. They've trusted Christ as their Savior, but they're not real sure they're all in with this thing yet. Right? They're kind of following from afar. And guys, I don't want you to be that group of people. I want you to be that group of people that says, you know what? I am all in this thing. I am following Jesus. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. I'm going to go where he wants me to go. And I'm going to let him be not only my Savior, but also the Lord of my life. I am going to follow Jesus. And this crowd, a lot of them were just kind of secret disciples, if you will, fair weather followers, if you will, following from afar. But they were there when the exciting things were happening. But when it was difficult and there were some trials to go through, they almost disappeared, right? And we have that today even in Christianity. And I hope you're not part of that crowd. I hope you're part of the disciples' crowd. That was, they were faithful followers, even through the hard times and the trying times. And they walked by faith and they were obedient to the Lord. That's the second part of the story. Let's get to the third part. We see the Savior. We see the servants here. Now, I want you to look at the sinners. Now, I am going to tie this donkey in with the sinners because I think there's some parallels that we can see in the life of this donkey that we could even look to us. So I'm going to let the donkey, the sinners, be represented by the donkey. Will you allow me to do that? Now, the Bible doesn't say that's what it is. But I'm, I'm doing a little bit of application here, okay? I'm, I'm doing a little bit of just trying to get it in our lap of what was taking place in the life of this donkey. Now, in John chapter 12 and, and um, in Matthew 21 and, and all the Gospels, it, it talks about Jesus riding in on this colt or this, this donkey that he rode into Jerusalem that day on that Palm Sunday, but let's, let's look at some lessons. There are some lessons that we can learn today through the life of this donkey. You say, really? There really are. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you about five lessons. You need to get a hold of these. I mean, this is where the real me, I mean, the first part of that's good. The savior, thank God for that. And the second part, the servants, that's what we need to be. But let's look now at the center. Let's look look at this donkey and let's learn some lessons from this donkey today that can help us in our walk in Christ Jesus. Okay. So here are a couple lessons. The first thing I want you to see, lesson number one, Jesus had a plan for this particular donkey, right? Come on now. Did he? I mean, he even told his disciples, go get that donkey. So Jesus knew where that donkey was, right? Are you with me, church? He told his, he knew where it was and he knew that he had a plan for that donkey. Now, the application to that is this. God has a plan for you. You may think that you don't, that God doesn't have any idea where you are. But I promise you, if he knows where a donkey is tied up in the next town and he tells his disciples to go there. Let me tell you something, church. Jesus didn't die for the donkey. He died for us. And if he knows where the donkey is, I promise you, he knows where you are. And if he has a plan for the donkey, are you with me, church? If he has a plan for the donkey, he has a plan for you. You may think, well, I don't know that God even really knows what I'm going through. I'm not even sure he even knows where I am. I'm not even sure he knows what my circumstances are. It seems like God has just left me. I promise you, he hasn't. God cannot lie. And he said, and he told us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He has a plan for all of our lives. The question is, are we going to live in submission to that plan? In Jeremiah chapter 29, in verse number 11, the Bible says, For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your welfare. Not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Guys, God has a plan for every single one of us. You get it? Get it? God has a plan for us. And I want you to never forget that. And then ask the question, am I following God's plan for my life? Am I living a life of submission? Am I allowing Him to be not only my Savior, but also my Lord? Have I surrendered to the Lordship of Christ? Am I living out God's will and God's plan that he has for me in my life? Well, that's a question really that only you and God can answer. But you need to seek the answer to that. So God has a plan. He had a plan for the donkey and he has a plan for you. The second thing I want you to see here, another point of application is this. The donkey was chosen to fulfill the plan that God had. And guys, you realize just as Jesus chose This particular donkey, he has chosen you. Every single one of us have been called. Every single one of us have been chosen to come. Listen to what the scripture says in John 15 and 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you that you should go out and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain. And so that whatever you ask in my father's name, he will give you. I want you to see the point that God has chosen us. We are the chosen generation of our God. He knows where you are. He has a plan for your life. And he has chosen you to live out and carry out that plan that he has, particularly for your life. He wants to use you to fulfill his purpose and his plan in your life. I love what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2. And Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, he says this For we are his creation. We are his, another translation says, workmanship. We are his masterpiece. I understand that. I want you to get the word picture here of the original language. And the word that's used here is, is the word that is used like an artist would, would be working for extensive period of time on this, this tremendous art piece. And all of a sudden, once he has finished with it, he's put the final touches on it. And he's stepped he's back and he's evaluated. He's tweaked it. He finally takes it one day to the gallery. And he hangs it up in the art gallery. And he steps back and he says, That is my masterpiece. Guys, that's exactly what this Scripture is implying about every single one of us. You. I don't care how many flaws you may see in your life. I don't care how many flaws you may see in someone else's life. I want you to know that you are God's masterpiece. Hello? You are His creation. You are His workmanship. You are His masterpiece. And He wants to use you To bring honor and glory ultimately to him. Let me give you the third thing about this donkey. Now this is going to be a little bit of a stretch. But I hope you can see the application. Okay. The third thing. The donkey has some new clothes. (laughs) Really? Well I want you to listen to the story. What it talks about. uh, As far as this donkey is concerned. In verse number 7 of Matthew's gospel chapter 21. It says. They brought the donkey and the colt. And they laid their robes on them. And he sat on them. Now I want you to notice that there are new garments or, or a new set of garments that were placed on this donkey. And guys, the application is this. Whenever we come to Christ Jesus, we are a new man. The old man has died off and the new man is is walking in the newness of life. And the Bible teaches us that then we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 27, it says, for as many of you as have been baptized in the Christ have put on Christ like a garment. Now, guys, you know what? Every single one of us should be walking in a new garment today. If we have trusted Christ as our Savior, then we're not walking in the filthy, fleshly garment. We're walking in the newness of Christ Jesus. We've put on His righteousness. We've been clothed with, with the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, right? So there's a new garment that we're wearing whenever we come to the Lord Jesus Christ. The fourth thing I want you to see about this donkey is this. This donkey went where he was led. Now, that donkey didn't really know where he was going that day. He was just submissive to those that had hold of his walk line or his, what's my word I'm looking for there, Jared? No, is it not a leash? Lead, there it is. Holding the lead line for this donkey and taking him. He went where he was led. Now guys, what's the application for us? We need to live our life in a way that we're going to follow wherever he leads. And we're just going to follow by faith. And we're going to trust the Lord and we're going to seek His will in our life. And we're going to go where He may lead us in life. You remember the story back in Genesis chapter 22 with Abraham and Isaac? You remember that story how Abraham was following after God and he was going to sacrifice and, and he takes his son Isaac? You remember that story? You say, I don't know that I could do that. Abraham gave us a great example of being obedient and being submissive to the will of the Father and going where he leads. Now, ultimately, it was a test for Abraham. God was testing him to see if he was going to be faithful and loyal and trust Him. And God had a plan to spare Isaac's life, but God knew that He needed to put Abraham to the test. God's, God will put us to a test sometimes. He will never tempt us to sin, right? But occasionally, He will test us. You say you're a believer. You say you walk by faith. You say you trust God. If we say we trust God, then he's going to put us in situations where all we can do is trust God. Now, sometimes those situations aren't fun to be in, right? But sometimes we get in those circumstances where all we can do now is simply just trust the Lord. So this donkey went where he was led. The last thing is most important to me. It's the fifth one, and I'm going to be done with this one. This one is the most important. If you don't get any of them, I want you to get this one. This Donkey because of the donkey's position, because of the donkey's service, because of the donkey following where he was being led, because the donkey was living out his plan that God even had for him, because the donkey knew that he was, I don't know if he knew it, maybe that's a stretch, but the disciples brought him to Jesus. What is the end result of all of that? He made Jesus more visible. Now let that sink in a little bit. In this crowd that day, this triumphal entry, the streets going in Jerusalem were packed with people. People were wanting to see Jesus. And this donkey positioned himself in a way that elevated the Lord Jesus Christ And brought him honor and brought him glory in his act of service. Now the question is for all of us. In our service to the Lord, are we making Jesus more visible? Or are we making ourselves more visible? In our following Christ, is it all about Jesus? Or is it all about me? You see, we've got to answer that question one way or the other. We've got to either decide that we're going to live our life as a way that we can go back to the next slide, if you will, please. We've got to make the decision that we're going to live our life so that we can make Jesus more visible or ourselves more visible. And I'm not talking about even salvation here because I've seen Christians that have trusted Christ as their savior in the life that they live. They're not making Jesus more visible. They're not bringing honor and glory to him. Sometimes it's still all about me, right? Are you with me, church? Do you get the point of this, of this point right here in the ministry, in the service of this donkey, he made Jesus more visible. And my question is, now you go to that one, Charlie. My question is this, do you resemble this donkey? Are you making Jesus more visible in your life? Do you realize that he has a plan for you? Do you realize that he has chosen you? Are you submitting to him? Are you following where you are being led? And are you making Jesus more visible? Guys, here's what I do know. This is Palm Sunday. It's the triumphal entry of our Lord Jesus Christ into Jerusalem. And is he coming back again? Yeah, he is. That's what I dealt with at the beginning. He is coming back again. But for right now, let me ask you this. Is Christ more visible in your life today than he was yesterday? And if he isn't, we need to say, God, forgive me, because I don't want my walk in you. I don't want my service in you doing whatever I do in ministry. I don't want it to be about me. Right. Are you with me, church? I want it to be about you and I want it to be uplifting of you. Matter of fact, Jesus said in the gospel, he said, if I be lifted up, I would draw all men unto me. John twelve thirty two. If I will be lifted up, I would draw all men unto me. Our goal in life as a believer, as a Christ follower, as a Christian is to lift up Christ. And we shouldn't be involved in anything or do anything or act in any way or serve in any way. That would make Jesus less visible in our life. Hello? Guys, that governs so much of what I do in my life. It really does. At the end of the day, I do not want to bring a reproach on the name of Christ or on this church or on this ministry. So that governs so much of what I do and what I'm involved in. Because I want Jesus to be more visible. I want Him to be honored. and I want Him to be lifted up. So the question is, are we resembling this donkey? The man can come if you will please and we're going to have a song of meditation here and worship here for just a moment but let me say this also on this day going into Jerusalem, it was a triumphal entry into Jerusalem but I got another news flash for you church. Get this Jesus wants to make a triumphal entry into your life Jesus wants to make a triumphal entry into your home and into your family. Jesus wants to make a triumphal entry into your place of business and into your workplace. Jesus wants to make a triumphal entry into your neighborhood and into your community. Jesus wants to make a triumphal entry into the ministry of of Victory Church. What we've got to do is say, I surrender. I realize you've called me. I surrender to this call. God, I'm going to follow you and help me to make you more visible in everything that I do and everything that I say. So the question is I want you to think back over your life. I want you to think about everything you're involved in right now. Is Christ being glorified? Is he being honored? Is he being more visible? And God, if he's not, then we just need to say, God, forgive me. I'm I've lost focus. I've lost my priorities.
0: And I want to put you
1: back in the number one position in my life, so that you are elevated. It's not about me. It's about you. The Savior, the servants, the sinners, on this triumphal entry, Palm Sunday in Jerusalem. When Jesus came the first time. We praise the Lord, He's coming again. Today. I don't know about you But I'm going to be with him When he comes again Right I'm part of that number I am part of that crowd How how do you get to be part of that crowd Part of that number You simply just trust Christ As your personal Lord and Savior And if you've done that You'll be part of that crowd as well Those saints that will come back with Jesus Guys we are making preparation For Easter Sunday morning A a big big Sunday Sunday in all of Christianity. I like what Phil said in the announcement video when he said, take your family. Go walk the pathway to victory. Go in the back side over here behind by the dumpster. Walk in that trail. It's botched all the way through there. There's stations on the trees. You can just follow it along and see. Read the scripture. Take your Bible. Take your device, whatever. Read the scripture there. Have a time of meditation. Just get back there in those woods. Get along with you and God. Prepare your heart for Easter Sunday morning. What a celebration, right? If you're here today, and here's how we do our invitation, I'm going to ask every head now to be bowed and every eye closed. And right now is the time when I would like for you to do business with the Lord. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to accept Christ as your Savior right now today. And you don't have to get up and come forward. You don't have to kneel around the altar. You can do it right there where you're sitting. If you'd like to come forward and kneel, you're you're always welcome to do that. But you can just do business with the Lord right there where you're sitting if you would like. And my first question is, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Is He the Lord of your life? And if not, I want to invite you to trust Christ as your Savior today. And the second question is, does your life resemble, as a believer, as a child of God, does your life resemble this donkey? Have you learned the lessons of the donkey? And the fifth one to me is the most important. Are we elevating Christ in our lives so that folks can see Him more than me? Let me go back and address those that need to accept Christ as their Savior today. And if that's you, I want you to just repeat this prayer silently in your heart right now. I'm going to walk you through the gospel just pray something like this. If this is you, just say, yes, God, that's me. I need to trust in you as my Savior today. Sincerely pray to God silently in your heart, by faith, as sincerely as you know how, right now. Just say, God, I realize that I'm a sinner. I realize my life is not pleasing unto you. And and right now, God, I confess my sin. I repent of my sin. and I turn from my sin. And I want to trust you as my Savior. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, as Scripture teaches. I believe you were buried. And I believe you come out of the tomb victoriously the third day. And and right now you're sitting by the right hand of God the Father. And Jesus, right now I want to pray and ask you to simply forgive me, a sinner. Move into my heart. I give you my life. Take control of me, God.
0: I trust you as my Savior
1: today. Jesus name I pray now let me help the individual that's already trusted Christ as their savior but possibly their life their ministry is not making Jesus more visible Father for all of us that are believers we always need to reevaluate everything we do everything we're involved in evaluate our lives and ask the question are you receiving honor and glory in what I do in my life Father, right now I pray for the believer that may be struggling with in this area that we would surrender to everything that it is we need to surrender to in every area of our life. And right now, God, we would focus on making you more visible in our life as this donkey did. Father, forgive me. I've sinned. I've made life really all about me and what I desire. And at the end of the day, It really isn't about me. It's about me living for you and living out the plan that you have for me and knowing that you have chosen me and you have called me and me living in submission to you and me being obedient to you and me allowing you to be more visible in everything that I do. God, right now, help me to do that. Forgive me of my shortcomings and where I've stumbled and fallen. Help me today, this day forward, make you more visible. Father, I pray for those that have prayed either of these prayers today. I pray, God, you give them the assurance of salvation. You give them the assurance of forgiveness. And and God, you help all of us to be able to walk in a way that brings honor and glory to you. Help us all to make you more visible. In Jesus' name we pray.